it's Tuesday. It's a happy Tuesday, I, I guess, after a long weekend. I find it a little difficult to re-engage after a really, really nice three-day weekend. Uh, how about you, Mona? Often, that's the case for me. In fact, I would say most of the time, but not this week. I'm feeling really energized today, and uh, I was looking forward to talking to you because I think there's a lot to be happy about this this May 30th. Well, first of all, could you slack me what you're having? Because I, w- I want that this morning. So <laughs> whatever it is that you're that you're having today, I want a bit. Okay, so tell me why you're in, you're in kind of a perky, upbeat mood. Yes, I am. Okay, so where to begin? Bring me along. First of all, so by the nature of the way we get information these days, I mean, there's a heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on either awful things that are happening or awful things that could happen. Because, of course, those get eyeballs. There are a lot of awful things that we've been worried about that are not happening. So we have to start, of course, with we're not going to default on our debt. Almost certainly, yeah. Almost certainly, correct. The fact that we skirted that is important because let's not forget that many people, including yours truly, were saying, I don't know. This time, maybe the Republicans in Congress are crazy enough to actually do this thing. It would be to their benefit if Biden was seen to be presiding over an economic disaster. And so I wasn't sure how it was all going to play out. And And Trump is basically, you know, calling for a default. So you have the the, the titular leader of the Republican Party endorsing economic catastrophe. So that's, that's different. Yeah. Right. So we have a budget deal. And though some people on the left or, you know, on the far left, I would say, are complaining about some aspects of it, actually, if you look at the details, Biden didn't give up very much at all. He had to give up some things because the Republicans won the House. Honestly, it is, it's trivial, the numbers that we're talking about here. And furthermore, the debt limit is going to be, if this plays out, that limit's going to be passed for two years, putting it past the next election, as opposed to the 10 years that the Republicans were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some things like the Republicans wanted to claw back money that was allocated for the IRS to crack down on tax cheats and so on. But because of the nature of the thing, it's going to be possible for the IRS, and it's only 20 out of 80 billion, and and it's going to be possible for the IRS to repurpose some of the money that they are getting, and they're probably it probably won't have any effect. But shh, keep that just between us. <laughs> you know, most of the, the, the Republicans had talked about reversing so many of Biden's accomplishments in the first two years. They got none of that. Okay, so that is all good news. It's good news for the country. Just assume that the Freedom Caucus does not, you know, strap dynamite to its chest and go in and blow up the whole deal. But but again, Correct. I don't think that it's particularly, uh, you know, shocking that the, the Taliban 20 are objecting to this because this is what they do, right? I mean, this is why they exist. They exist to be disappointed, exactly. betrayed, and outraged. I mean, this is, this is their brand. It would be shocking if they would look at any compromise with Joe Biden and think, yes, that's a good idea. So this is this is their thing. And it's there's a little bit of kabuki dance. That would be the optimistic take. There's the kabuki dance that they have to pretend to be outraged about it, or maybe they are. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. ultimately, it seems more likely than not that saner, more adult heads would prevail, which, as you point out, was not a given. That's right. Even late last week, given given the bizarre incentive structures of both political parties right now. Well, actually, especially the Republican Party. Okay. This next one, Charlie, may, 
is possibly going to make me sound like a partisan Democrat, <laughs> but uh, which listeners will maybe be surprised by. But look, another mm-hmm. um, disaster that we were anticipating or at least worried about was that after the expiration of Title 42, the southern border would see a tsunami mm-hmm. of immigrants pouring across the border, that there would be chaos there would be people sleeping in the streets of El Paso. And it, well, there are some actually already, but but that it would be much, much, much worse. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Not only did it not happen, but the number of crossings are down. So this is, I mean, admittedly, President Biden has not handled this issue as well as he could have right from the get-go. And he did send signals that perhaps encouraged people to make the trip to the border early on in his administration. But lately he has changed course and he has shifted strategy and it seems to be effective. The message has gone out that now if you are apprehended attempting to cross illegally, you will be barred from uh, entry for five years. And that has proved to be a deterrent and it means I'm hesitating to say this, but it means it was effective policymaking <laughs> right in front of our eyes. Well, I don't want to rain on your irrational exuberance, but um, the, okay, the, the, the caravans it. are coming. You can tell that by looking at the calendar, because as soon as uh, the calendar shifts to 2024, you know the caravans will be coming. <laughs> or, or one way or now, Okay, people don't get the, the, the sarcasm emoji, but, but you know Fox News will be wall-to-wall caravans in year 2024. Uh, the numbers are still high, so they're not going to stand down on the, on the crisis. So, I mean, this is part of the problem is I would, I would like to believe that, you know, sanity has prevailed, except, hello, look around. Um, we have dodged this major bullet. I agree with you. I think if we avoid the default, that will be a huge win because the cataclysm would have been so great. The price tag for this is so modest. Uh, but I don't see any. OK, I'm sorry. I don't want to rain. I don't want to rain on this exuberance here. So we don't have a crisis at the border. The, the explosion at the border that we were warned about did not occur. The cataclysm of the world economy that we were warned about did not happen. Let's keep this role going. Yeah. And let's keep this in perspective. I mean, I didn't say that we have solved the problem of immigration and, you know, the the bitter partisan gridlock that keeps it an evergreen in our politics. You know, I personally am in favor of a lot more legal immigration. I don't know when we're going to see that. But what I'm saying is we avoided a really, really bad thing happening, which would have been, you know, a crisis at the border and chaos at the border would have been a very, very bad thing specifically for Biden. Yeah. And it it didn't happen. You're right. There are still lots of people trying to come across. It's still not what it should be, Mm. et cetera, et cetera. But things are not as terrible as we worried they might become. So I'm sticking with that one. No rain on that parade. Get a third one for me. I got a third one. The Texas House over oh, the weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to get You're into You're with this. me now? I am with you. Well, I'm sort of with you, but I, I am fascinated by what's going on in Texas right now. Okay. So the Republican-dominated Texas House Assembly, or whatever they call it, House of Representatives, mm. Mm. voted over the weekend to impeach Ken Paxton, the Attorney General, the deeply corrupt magaite Attorney General of uh, of Texas, Ken Paxton, precisely one of the sleaziest, one dudes. of the sleaziest, okay. and they did so, Charlie, in the mm-hmm. teeth of 
real threats from one Donald J. Trump. Here's what he said on Truth Social. Quote, the rhino speaker of the House of Texas, Dade Phelan, who is barely a Republican at all and failed the test on voter integrity, wants to impeach one of the most hardworking and effective attorney generals in the United States. And then he said, hopefully Republicans in the Texas House will agree that this is a very unfair process that should not be allowed to happen or proceed. I will fight you if it does. Yep. And on and on. Yep. And they did it anyway. Yes, they did it anyway. So now it goes. Now it's kind of weird. Is he is he out of office now, pending the trial? He is. He is temporarily wow. relieved of his duties, huh. and his trial in the Senate starts August twenty eighth. Okay, so now this is fascinating because first of all, that's that's different than we have at the federal level. But Ken Paxton is a uniquely awful person as an attorney general. He is uh, he is corrupt. He is extreme. And he has, you know, been, you know, MAGA unhinged. He wrote that brief to the Supreme Court asking for the election to be overturned. He went on Steve Bannon's show and said, you know, Donald Trump wouldn't have won Texas if I had not stopped two and a half million uh, mail-in votes. Interesting. Like, what was that all about? (laughs) What's interesting to me, though, is there are a lot of people down in Texas who are uh, somewhat skeptical that he will be convicted in the Senate because of all of this pressure from the MAGA world. And his wife actually sits in the Senate. And you may not recuse her, her so. But yeah. this was one of those revealing moments because you did have Republicans in the House who are just really in mean, very, very conservative House who looked at him and said, this guy's a sleazoid. This, this guy is he's corrupt. He's taken bribes. He tried to get a job for his mistress. By the way, they'll be interesting to see how his wife votes on all of this. Anyway, but Donald (laughs) Trump felt the need to intervene and all the MAGA folks to line up behind him because the only thing that matters, literally the only thing that matters is not your integrity, not your competence, not your honesty. None of that actually matters. All that matters is your loyalty to the orange God King. That is it. If you are loyal to the orange God King, you get a lifetime free hall pass from any sort of accountability. And this is kind of an example that even in Texas, they're up against it, realizing that for MAGA, none of this other stuff matters. The fact that he's corrupt, the fact that he lies, the fact that he takes bribes, the fact that he's an idiot, the fact that he's an extreme, none of it, none of it matters, as long as he's loyal. To listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today. 